My idea of Utopia is a family reunion on the beach with all of my favorite foods from my childhood. <laughs> For me, feeling as if I'm in my Utopia is Rashida being in a mind space where she feels free and feels fearless. For me, Utopia is a state of acceptance. I don't believe we can become better until we become more believing in where we are right now. An imagined state or place where things are perfect. This sounds a lot like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I really do like being creative. And so if, if I'm working on a song and it's coming together, that's really cool. A world where everyone feels safe, has security and doesn't feel alone. More so with the people that I'm with than the actual location. So when I'm surrounded by my friends and my family, that is without doubt my utopia. You are listening to a Poet in a City special edition podcast where we'll be using poetry and lyrics to search for Utopia. You'll hear from award-winning poet and novelist Ruth Padell, the Reverend Lucy Winkett, rector of St. James's Church Piccadilly, James Messiah, a South London poet, musician and DJ, and Niles Asherba Hailstones founder of the Music Education Collective, The African Revolution. Listen out also for the voices of singer-songwriter Katie Mellower, singer-songwriter Nick Cope, feminist and poet Rashida Page-Muir, and vocal and movement artist Elaine Michener, among those who share their idea of utopia. What is it? How close are we to this ideal? And can we ever reach it? That dream of being cut off, alone in paradise, or what passed for paradise in 1788, late in the evening as light goes, this fine escape from civilization, I've been there. I've raised a glass to that sky of dissolving gold, that fishing boat returning, goats click-clicking over rocks to graze the seaweed, and a horizon where all clear light is sinking back down into, flat as oil. Everything calm, remote and perfect. He was master of chiaroscuro, loved the magic of artificial light and darkened space. But here he did real sun. Look, the gleam which gave the moon its tilt and loans us all we know of cornucopia. Saltfure yellow, sable shadow, creamy lace of lapping surf. And no dark stories of syphilis and plague, a Jacobin Republic, kingdom of two Sicilies and ravages of Napoleon. Angels of Earth, at one with angels of the sea. Utopia through a jeweler's eye. The perfect is no place, and yet we dream. Come, hold the rind of this satsuma in a candle. The smoke is sweet. The torn edge smoulders, red on black, like lava of Vesuvius glowing far away at night. Remember the incense smell of tangerine and hold fast to your fable of retreat from injustice and pain. Rest a moment in perfect or 
unattainable. Give us again that radiant ghost of sunset on the coast near Naples. Award-winning poet, novelist and scholar Dr. Ruth Padell was reading a selection from her poem, Sunset on the Coast near Naples, where she explores both wonder of the idea of a perfect place and the impossibility of a real utopia. When grappling with ideas of this magnitude and paradox, a poem can be a powerful thing. As Seamus Heaney said once, no poem ever stopped a tank. Poetry makes nothing better, but it brings people together and the betterness in them can be a force for good. I mean, after 9-11 in New York, poetry readings rose and rose and rose. And um, people wanted to hear, people wanted to hear not just contemporary poetry, but they wanted to hear Shakespeare. They wanted to see what sense and order can be made out of something so horrible. So I think poetry is an ordering. The, you know, the, in the Western tradition, the sort of great figure is Orpheus. And it's not accident that he, his music is portrayed as drawing people together because, um, you know, the rocks, the animals all came together and quietened to listen to him because harmony is, comes from the Greek word harmotein, to fit together. Um, so you are fitting together in listening, um, you know, and also it's the tuning of the lyre, one false note and what you get is discord, but if you tune it right, you get the perfect thing in which other people can share. So um, art of all sorts can be a witness but also a force for unification. I don't think anybody ever will achieve utopia. And also, a lot of utopia depends on excluding other people. Here is this, if you go back to, to some of the, the, the fables about it and the, the literature about it, here is this enclosed space which has other people which are not perfect outside. And that seems to me to be um, not what we want to do, particularly at this moment when we're anxious to build bridges rather than walls as Pope Francis said. And so there are challenges in the way people interpret the good place, religions, all sorts of things. What we need is to build bridges to those. I think, I think actually, it's a very dangerous thing to idealise. We all have ideals, but um, to idealise something is to actually gloss over the reality of something. And the desire and for perfection, the perfectionism, can often mean... Um, a distorting fact in a life, in, a, in an individual life, because although you might make the, the art perfect, you, you, won't, you won't see the reality of your lives or your relationships or the other people. So, so it's an important thing not to split off, and that's why I use that word split in, in the poem, because if you split the real from the ideal, then you don't deal with the real. So I think that utopia while a beautiful dream, and you can have it, you know, when you're, when you're talking in the evening um, over wine, um, the hope for something better rather than perfect is a more real and more attainable, actually more human thing. I'd say the songs that remind me of a possible utopia would be What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I would say it's uh, The Whole of the Moon by The Waterboys. A poem called The Horses by the Scottish poet Edwin Muir. That poem always makes me think about a kind of hopeful future and a, a kind of, I guess, different model of utopia than 
than a kind of sci-fi world where everything is perfect. Most deaf, black on both sides, tongues like New World Water, um, mathematics. Although they're talking about some real issues that we have, I feel like the acknowledgement of those is a very big step towards utopia. A poem called Hope is a Thing with Feathers. Um, I absolutely adore it. It's by Emily Dickinson. I think the poem that reminds me, and I, I will quote a small section from it, this is a Wallace Stevens poem called Gubbinal. It's this great line in it, which is, have it your way, the world is ugly, and the people are sad. Reverend Lucy Winkett is the rector of St. James's Church on Piccadilly one of the busiest thoroughfares in London. You might think the ceaseless clamour of traffic and constant stream of tourists would make that pretty far from utopian. But St. James's is a kind of sanctuary in the midst of madness. Reverend Winkett used to be a professional soprano and her church is always full of music. We have a really wide variety of concerts here. Um, which I really love. I mean, I suppose most are classical, but not all of them. We have folk music and pop music as well. Um, and certainly at lunch times, that's really interesting because they're free, completely free. So anyone can walk in off the street and hear an hour of amazing music. It's not contract and exchange. It's a gift and grace. So if, if somebody comes in, somebody comes to our concerts for 10 years and gives us no money, we're, we're fine with that because they've somehow... We, we've helped to feed their soul. This is a place where beauty is cherished, a place where you can really, truly get some peace if you want it. People who are homeless come and sleep in our church during the day, all day, every day. It's a kind of free, uncontracted space that is open um, for anyone, really anyone, to be welcome here. At the same time, the centre of London, where not that many people live, can be a very, you know, it's a kind of desert place. Actually, it can be a place where people are very easily lost. And I count among those people, not only the homeless guys who come and sleep in our pews, but sometimes I think that of the, um, the hedge fund managers who work very close to here, who have so much money they don't really know what to do with it, but they have absolutely no time. You can be lost in many, many ways. And what we see here are people who are at the extremes so people with no money at all and nothing but time, and people with more money than they can possibly spend and no time at all. And that's where poetry and music can come into its own because it can express things that those guys find it very difficult to express. It's an odd journey from being a musician to a priest, but in some ways they're not that different. They're both ways of living where you want somehow to sing and to help others to sing and to invite others into that song. In a Christian terminology, what you would say is that we live in the now and the not yet but we live now. So while you're, you can't just keep dreaming about the not yet and be a, it's not a quietist principle just to kind of sit and do nothing and have dreams. It's about saying that you imagine the future as you think it could be and then you act in the present as if that future were irresistible. At the same time, you recognise, and I recognise because I live in the actual world, in the real world, that my vision of what the world might be um, in a kind of perfect form is not the same as other people's. So in reality, I don't think this, I don't think this thing is about to happen in time and space, but I think that the idea is powerful enough to be revolutionary in the world we live in now. I guess that I think that the future is sung into being 
I mean, I really, I really fundamentally believe that. And so, I mean, physically sometimes, music is itself a language of the human spirit. And I would say, I guess a poet would say, poetry is also a language of the human spirit. And I think if you're in the spiritual realm, then you're dealing every day with paradox, with, um, with um, contradiction, with boundaries. And, and anyone who's interested in a better future lives there, lives on those boundaries, I think. There's a really beautiful story about um, Mark Morris, the choreographer, and he went to the Carnegie Hall and he heard a mezzo-soprano called Janet Baker, who's now retired. But she was singing, she was singing this concert and he didn't understand any of the languages that she was singing in. And he said all that he knew was that she was singing in all these languages he didn't understand, but what he understood from her song was, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's a really beautiful story and I, I suppose I, I want to live like that. I'm going to say we're at a three. I'd say we're probably about 2.5. I'm currently an ocean and a continent away from my entire family right now, so I'd say I'm about at a four. <laughs> I think we're going to be a two or three. I think there's so much going on that for me, it's the scale is impossible. I, I can't find where it is. We are obviously pretty far from utopia. I'm not sure where I'd put it on a scale to 10. I have to say 10, because I just can't complain. You know, life is pretty good. But I would say roughly about 6.5386. I don't think we're anywhere near utopia. In terms of where we are right now, I think that very much depends on where you are in the world. We've fallen on the scale massively. 45% of the way there. I'd say six. I don't even know what utopia is. It's tricky having a conversation with someone like me who is a nihilist and struggles to think that there is any kind of you know, objective or universal notion of what utopia looks like. James Messiah is a young poet, musician and DJ from South London whose work explores religion, morality and the human condition. To some people, that would have no people of a certain colour or gender in it. Uh, that would be their utopia. And there is no uh, thing written anywhere that says that their utopia is any more or less valid than anyone else's. Um, other than the the vote of the majority, I suppose. So, as far as you know, the question of where are we on a scale of zero to utopia, uh, it depends. Depends who you are. Um, I suppose you're asking me, and uh, I'll give you the stoic response, which is to say uh, uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have what I want, and so I want to want no more. To live is to want, to be alive is to desire, and I desire to fly and desire no more. That is what I want, and if I can't have more, I want less of everything. To be thingless, lifeless, life free, free of life. If I can't have one that's free, I don't want one. I either want it all or not at all. All of that one thing that you won't let me have, freely at least, and so at the least, I want to want less, and at the most, I want to be lifeless. Yes, that is what this lady wants, and what she wants, she gets. And she doesn't want to want no more. She wants to be wanting nothing for once and for all, and you all know what she wants, even if you don't say it out loud. 
She wants to be allowed to be. Loud being if you can't be. Loudly and proud. Leave it out and turn it inside out. I want to be out, but I'm just going to turn in. Returning to the state before animation. Before I was an animal and a computer and a human being bored to death with being a tadpole, beating the egg into existence, cognizance, engine whirring, cogs in motion, and me just hoping and hoping, hoping that I don't choke. Tired of these folks, can't focus in the flesh. I want to strip it off and dance. All veins on the floor, all raw and soul. Full control, full phantom mode. Getting down with the ghost that left the scene. Society, the asylum that is life in this place. And at this pace, this fake, flat reality is boring now. And so I'm out. Tell the bouncer it's cool. I ain't coming back. Leave my coat and my hat. I won't need all that where I'm going. Trust me, it's calm there. The after party to end them all. I'll be alright once the night is done. The night was young, but being trapped is getting old. And I see more freedom on that side. One big sofa to crash. Face first and stop the gun. Kiss the earth and stop those mouths from moving. The ones that say the things that make it hard to move. Around in this domain. Freely I'll be, once I'm insane. Outside and inside out. Down on the floor. Waiting for you to pick me up. And fly me home. Everyone has their ideals, but I guess when you say idealistic, you're talking about someone who's a bit of a dreamer, whose ideals are maybe not based too firmly in reality. Why can't we all just get along? You know, if we all just mix, it'll be a lot happier. And that's not the case. Um, I think that for as long as there are people with different experiences, um, there will be things for us to fight over and to jostle over. Um, I think maybe at one point in time, I thought that there was enough to go around. Um, but what is enough? Who are you asking? You know, uh, you say you don't need a house that big. I say, well, who are you to tell me? You know, I grew up in a house with eight bedrooms, and that's my normal. You know, uh, and you're like, well, well, no. You know, people can live just fine uh, in a two bedroom. And I'm like, well, no, I can't. You know, and I also have the power and the money to make sure uh, that 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 is the case. You know, and what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I think that. As far as the changing capital is concerned, the changing country, the changing world is concerned, it all just boils down to, well, I guess it's Aladdin, isn't it? It's uh, when Jafar comes out the cave with his stick, the one with the gold makes the rules. Egoism is the idea that, that all voluntary actions um, are committed with the idea that it's going to be for the benefit of the individual committing the act. So, in a way, uh, everything I do, you know, by default is trying to make my world a better place. Um, and therefore, I guess I would suggest that every every action is, is a step towards um, someone's idea of utopia. And so, yeah, in, in the process of making art, music, every, everything I do, and I guess, yeah, poetry and music falls under the umbrella of my everything. <laughs> um, and so it's like, I guess if I'm trying to entertain friends, make people think, make people laugh, provoke some response, um, I do it because I think that the, the end goal is going to make my world a better place.
we get rare glimpses of what utopia could be and that's about it really and we're deluding ourselves if we think that in the past couple of hundred years we've made any monumental progress towards a properly better society i don't think the term utopia is kind of a healthy concept at all i think it's cool for fiction and fairy tales but i think it's far too too glorified perhaps utopia is the good bits in our really flawed world i think of utopia as being pretty much unattainable all right how are you feeling people Good, 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 good. Our final guest has some hard truths to tell about his concept of utopia, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Niles Asherba Hailstones is the patriarch of the extraordinary music and education collective African Revolution. I think the word utopia is, an, to me, seems more like an ideal or a place that people would aspire to reach to, or a state. It seems to me to be an ideal or a place that maybe society would like to reach to as a, in a collective sense that um, is pretty unattainable in the present context, I would say. We actually don't have a concept of utopia. It's not something that we use as a term either. Yeah? We just have the village of our community that we work in, that we try to spread how we live in our village and the, and the magic and the, the, the medicine we have in our village, we try to spread it. We try to get it to the people so I, we can elevate the people. Um, in that sense, we're not looking necessarily for perfection. Yeah? We have a saying, everything is everything, right? And once you understand that, you realise that you know, it's a journey that we're on and each one has their unique journey to go through as well. That destination you're trying to get to, you may never get there. There's many people trying to reach a destination or never get to that destination they're looking for and they may miss what is actually the things that is on in their destiny around them because they've got another vision or whatever. I've got to create this state until we create this then not. Every living moment is an opportunity to create that change or be in that state. We know what we'd like to do, we know we'd like to bring in society, let's go into the process of doing it. And then once you're in the process of doing it, you are it. So you don't have to wait for it to come into being, you're creating it as in your space, in your time. And the other people that interact with you become part of that village where knows that to be a reality. We have to create it wherever we are. Yeah? If I'm in a different place tomorrow, then I'm bringing that sense of community with me. I'm bringing that sense of, of, of the village to the table, wherever I'm at. Like we say, we're not, born, we're not Africans because Kwame Nkrumah. We're not Africans because we were born in Africa, but because Africa was born in us. Right? So ever, wherever we are, that's where Africa is, and that's what African Revolution is about. It's a global African movement in that sense, that we're all from different parts of that that globe. We've all got our, our, our different stories to tell that are all connected. It's very difficult to say, all right, we're going to reach to a state of utopia because it's an ideal. By the time you reach there, you may realize that it wasn't really where you wanted to reach to, right? Yeah? So it's more about what is practical. 
what works for us now, what creates the state that we need now to be in as people so that we can progress and move forward and we can create that, um, that energy and that vibration wherever we are from we decide to. It's a process of redefinition also of us redefining what, you know, the path that we're going to create for ourselves also collectively in the future, you know? And that revolution really is change. That's what it means, revolving, it's change, you get what I'm saying? So it's a spiritual thing as well. We're in Babylon as much as we're in a utopia, you understand? Because they're physical and they're not physical as well. What are we gonna create that maybe don't have the name utopia or Babylon? Maybe our thing is called something different. Maybe it's called African Revolution. You have been listening to a Poet in the City special edition podcast with Dr. Ruth Padel, the Reverend Lucy Winkert, James Messiah, and Niles Asherba Hellstones from the African Revolution. This podcast was produced by the Poet in the City Producers, a group of under-25s changing the way we see poetry by producing innovative media and live events to promote this age-old art form in the modern world. The producers were Axel Cucutier, Amika Shortino Lolan, Ariel Silverman, Louisa Dankwa, Millie Kortonovaki, and Olivia Amura. The quest for perfection is both impossible and irresistible. But never stop searching. Perhaps some poetry will help you on your way. Tell you why, we're all in the same boat, brothers and sisters. Now tell me what we're gonna do, yeah. Yes, we are, cause you are me and I of you, yeah. We're all in the same boat, there's no hiding from the truth, yeah. Reach there.